0: This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society.
1: Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to podcast number 17. This is Tracy Eddy in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I've got Fran Yeager in Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Fran.
0: Yes. Hello, Tracy. How are you? Good. How are you doing? It's a a good day here in Nashville. Is it? (laughs) It is. It is. Um I am so jazzed about today's podcast because we are about to introduce a whole month of crowns.
1: <laughs> and I love a crown. I like to be a queen. Have you ever have you ever worn a crown in real life?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um no. I mean, my wedding veil was kind of on a tiara yeah um, so wore- that was like little that, that was like little pearls mm-hmm. it wasn't ju- it wasn't jeweled it was pearled. um I mean I got is, is does that count It totally counts okay good. totally counts. Okay, then yes and you you hold your head a little higher don't you when you're wearing a crown yes especially when your veil is <laughs> your train is so long and if you're not holding your head up then you have neck strain <laughs> my train was so long for my veil I don't remember why it was <laughs> So
1: long, because you're a prince. You're a queen. You're a princess. <laughs> I love a long veil. Ooh, I love a long train and a long veil.
0: It was, it was both. It was both veil and train were very long.
1: <laughs> so you know, back in the day, I was in pageants. So I've yes. worn a few crowns in my day too. And you do tend to like. I, I did not actually have a crown for my um for my wedding, but mm-hmm. I have a few. In the old storage closet. And one time, my crown did fall off on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And I learned really quickly that I could not, you know, wave wildly or anything, lest I lose my crown. (laughs) And
0: this was the metaphor for your humanity. This is the metaphor for my
1: young adult life.
0: (laughs) Hold on tight to your crown. (laughs) Well, I actually think that is a perfect segue into kind of how we, um, how we got this idea for the Straighten Your Crown series, which will run the entire month of November. I mean, again, our contributors are superstars. God, they are like, yeah, like we. So let's let's start let's start from the very beginning. <laughs> So we um have a um an advisor our producer John who is a genius in in like so many things and he sat down with us recently and said, Okay, I've been looking at like the Google Analytics, I've been, you know, looking at your stuff. And this one phrase keeps coming up in in connection with Bellator Society. And we're like, ooh, tell us, is it beautiful Catholic women? Is that the phrase? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, No. No, in fact it is not. not. <laughs> Please pay attention to our meeting and stop make, trying to make jokes. That's what he said. <laughs> No, but he said that um, it was Straighten Your Crown, which was um, tied to a blog that we ran in um, during the Easter season, I believe, or maybe just prior to the Easter season, by um, Angela Green called uh, Sister Straighten Your Crown. I think that was the name yes. of it. Yes, it was Sister Straight. I can never remember if it's Straighten Your Crown Sister or Sister Straighten Your Crown, but it was Sister Straighten Your Crown. We get the gist. It was one or the other. It was was one or the the other. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, what was the gist? Like, like what was the, the, the sense, what would, what would you say was your sense of her peace? To me, the sense of her peace, um,
1: was you're a daughter of the King Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you, you, that, that comes with privileges. That comes with responsibility. Um, it comes with, you know, to much, to whom much is given, much is expected, And we have one life and, and, you know, one mortal life. And you better live it like the queen you are, but you better, you know, live it for the Lord and live it as if you are truly a daughter of the king because that's our witness.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, what I particularly liked about her piece was um, she dealt in a very vulnerable way with this idea that we often don't feel worthy. You yeah. know, I think that the straighten your crown theme, like that whole theme, is kind of like um runs the 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 gamut or the spectrum of you are a queen, you better wear that crown, to like, I don't know if I feel right. quite right with this crown on my head right. and I don't you know and, and we have to come to terms with what that means for us, just as you said, as daughters of the king, you know, as as Christian witnesses who are part of this royal priesthood of believers. You know, we actually have a biblical mandate for this idea that we are, you know, wearing crowns and that we are royal. It's not just something that that sounds good because we like to wear, we like to play dress up sometimes. <laughs> and be in pageants. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, the first of which I would say comes from Isaiah where, um, you know, the, the people of God are are being told who they are, you know, and 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 God is telling them that uh, you know you shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God, and no more shall you be called uh, forsaken, know um, your land desolate, uh, desolate, but you shall be called My delight is in her. Like this is what God speaks upon us. Mm-hmm. Like this is what He sees us as His people. And and how he places the crown on our head because that is where the crown comes from. It's not because we. Who was it? Do you remember that? Was it was it Napoleon who grabbed the crown from the the either the cardinal or the archbishop and put it on his own head? Remember that? Remember that story in history? I think it was Napoleon. <laughs> tracy's is like, yes, I know everything about. If y'all can see my face. She's getting a look with a, sh- a head shake. <laughs> She's like, "Don't be bringing you just put history into the this. This. <laughs> on the Napoleon spot. I think it was Napoleon again I'm super happy to be corrected, but I think that that is the sense of um that that is that that end of the spectrum where like the crown is on my head, and I am gonna keep it there because I put it there because I realized who I am, and I have you know made this um I have made myself almost mm-hmm. right, um and that is not." At all. Like, I mean, if you look up hashtag straighten your crown, you will find this, mm-hmm. this will you, you will see this theme emerge. And I think that our goal is to maybe redeem the theme. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, maybe it's to to take the, these same words, and put them in a more truthful context. Um, And, and, you know, again, we're starting kind of biblically here. And then we move from the Old Testament and what God has spoken upon us as his people to um, Peter, I believe it was, who actually used the words, you know, we we are a a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood of believers. We are a holy nation, you know, a people of God's own so that we can announce uh, the praises of him. Um, who have ca- who has called us out of darkness into a glorious light. You know, once we were no people at all, but now we're God's people. Mm-hmm. You know, we are who he says we are. I am who he says I am. And we have to um, come to terms with that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... um And I think that's what our contributors are doing this month.
1: I think you're right, and I'd love to touch on that a little bit because our contributors come from such different walks of life and different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And we have contributors, even who aren't necessarily Catholic, they're just sisters in Christ, and they are you know, of other Christian faith backgrounds and some who may or may not be coming up on the podcast um, this month, which we're so excited about. And I think it's going to be really fun, Fran, to look at what this means to each person and, and, and we'll see, it's not, it's not, you know, one verse from the Bible that applies to everyone there. Because if you, if you look at sacred scripture, kind of the crown theme is laced throughout. So, Mm. you know, it, it can be a story of redemption. It can be a story of perseverance. It can be a story of, you know, salvation. It's, and, and I think, our writers are going to do just knock our socks off because they're going to show us how this theme and this idea relates to their life. And I hope my hope and my prayer is that our readers will be able to relate to, you know, one, two, maybe all of them, you know, because we Mm -hmm. all, we're all human and we all have the same, you know, very, we, we all have similar life experiences, but we, but we're also different. And, um, some of us have gone through really hard times. Some of us have gone, you know, or things, maybe there's things we're ashamed of. There's some of us who, um, you know, had a tough upbringing or, or whatever. Some some of us maybe have gone through sorrow as an adult. Some of us may just be hanging on for the ride, but, but Mm -hmm. wanting to honor the Lord kind of in everything that, that we do. And so this, this theme I think is going to be, um, very applicable across the board for mm-hmm. so many of our listeners and readers. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it is totally multifaceted and um, insider information. We read every single blog that we publish at least twice. Once when we receive it and once when we set it up to publish and then probably three times because we always look at it before <laughs> we you know, once it's up for live on the blog, we always take a good look at it then too, um, especially as we're trying to share it and, and get that, that good news out there but um what what struck me especially about this theme just as you said is the variety yeah. I mean, you know, things from shame and vulnerability, which are all buzzwords, you know, everybody's talking about shame and vul- vulnerability now, but I mean, this is putting it in very personal contexts that just as you said, we can relate to. I mean, we we have a a place a thing in us that that is hungry for connect, connection, you know, and and understanding the human condition um you know especially as it relates to other people so that then we can feel connected to them and that's what these blogs do um things like restoration that's a teaser <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we hope that we have a um a guest on the podcast coming up real soon who has basically made her life's work for i guess about 2 years now yeah. is that is that right mm-hmm. has it been it's been about a little, couple of years at least yeah um the the theme she's made her life's work the theme of restoration and it's had i mean it has just evolved into this this movement this this really evangelical movement where she's using um her experience of restoration um i don't want to go too much away <laughs> in a in a in a very tangible context yeah. and applying that to how she sees god Uh, transforming and restoring her and it's just it's such a beautiful story and we're so excited (laughs) we we don't want to say who it is or what it is until we have it in the can yes but um but it's coming up too and then um just reflections on um the struggles that people have with uh, not feeling worthy of the crown um or ways in which we took for granted maybe that we were wearing a (laughs) crown um Things, you know, themes on making choices and then accepting when we have no choices to make. I mean, it's, it's again, it's about um, just coming to terms with um, who we are, who we are in the world, but most especially who we are as daughters and sons of God. Um, and also battling perfectionism.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: this has been a theme that just is close to my heart. See, where we are different, this is a theme that
1: I don't even recognize <laughs> <laughs> as, like, a possibility, you know? Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, I literally yeah. look at perfectionism, and I'm like, really? That's that's hard for you? <laughs> like, this is something you have to pray
0: about?
1: Yeah. <laughs> look in my refrigerator. I'm not a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> I like things done a certain way, but I think we all do. But a true perfectionist? Yeah. No yeah. way. But I understand, and I I. I feel for those who that is something that they do struggle with. That is something that, that is part of their identity. And, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but that, that's not me. (laughs) 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 I've actually been to women's conferences where, where that is kind of a, um, you know, they make, might call out things women would struggle with shame. Like you said, um, all kinds of different sin, but then one, but there's always perfectionism thrown in there. And I find myself like looking around, like who are you raising your hands? (laughs) But, but it is a thing and it's, it's it is it is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that it's something that, um, that I think we're going to find in our, our contributors. It's a thing.
0: Totally. And I think we talked about this a little bit when we talked to, um, Kelly Seidel, um the the sweet darling beautiful young singer-songwriter who we did a podcast with several podcasts ago and we just touched on the subject of perfectionism with her from um i think i had read a little excerpt from the book by Colleen Carol Campbell is it Carol Campbell or Campbell Carol Colleen which one Carol is it? Campbell i think okay yeah. um I don't know why I can't, I think it's cause it's all C's <laughs> and the C's get all mixed up and I'm like catechism of <laughs> the Catholic church C CCC. What is it? I don't know. I get like stuck uh-huh. anyway. Um, she wrote a book recently. Her recent book is the heart of perfection, I believe. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going through it with a fine tooth comb for sure. <laughs> and, um, in fact, I think I'm, uh, I'm a little more than halfway finished and I got it like as soon as it was out. So I'm going slowly through it. And, um, and so much of what she talks about I'm like yeah i didn't realize that was a problem but now <laughs> that you're talking about it because you know i don't know if if i had if someone had asked me if i was a perfectionist I don't know, last year, year before last, I probably would have been like, oh, I'm just kind of like you, like, mate. I mean, I like some, th- like, I definitely like a clean bathroom. So yeah, in, a, in that sense, I'm definitely a perfectionist. <laughs> I for sure, like, you know, things, certain things done my way. Yes, um, perfectionism does exist in those, in, in those worlds and those capacities. But she does a really good job of of taking, again, just kind of piercing the heart of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And 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 so and I mean every chapter I've, I've been like yeah that's that's actually probably <laughs> me. I'm going to
1: star that
0: and <laughs> And I'm going to star that. I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is one of those books that has like underlines and highlighting and dog ears, and and I don't even really approve of dog earing books. <laughs> hence my perfectionism. <laughs> we need to keep the pages flat, people. But I, that's what I'm doing right now because I'm just like, oh, I got to read that again. I need to I need to sit with this a little longer um, because it really has um, pierced my heart in a way and given me given me some convictions. Um, that are kind of changing the way that I, I see myself and definitely how I go to confession, um, wow. which I would say is one of the best ways to straighten our crown. Ugh, for sure. I mean, right. that is such a gift right that we Lord. have received. Yes. Yes. Just to, you know, be able to articulate sin, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a very, in a very, serious way in a very specific way Mm -hmm. you know because we have this i was actually talking to um, one of our kids the other night about um i guess the question was you know how do we talk to people who don't go to confession who either maybe aren't catholic or they just don't think confession is very important in their lives how do we talk to them about confession and I was like, well, in, in the first place, if we're talking to someone who's Christian, then we we go to the biblical mandate of confess your sins to one another. Like we actually are told that. And I don't I can't think of any situation that that provokes us to articulate with specificity our sins other than confession. Can you? No. I mean at mass we say, you know, we we confess our sins kind of just as a a
1: general Generally, very general I'm a general sinner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not, but nothing specific like you said. And I think that is a and I'm going to say something maybe a little unpopular and so I want to say it very gently and delicately. Quietly. Quietly. So I'm, I'm going to whisper. <laughs> I do think that's a big difference in maybe um and I'm not saying Catholics don't don't deal with a lot of shame and, and things like this that are very applicable to the straighten your crown theme. But I think when you are right with the Lord and you've been to confession and, like you said, you've articulated your sin, you've asked for confession, and you've actually been absolved by, you know, a vicar of Christ, a, you know, someone who's in persona Christi, it is so freeing. I mean, you really... Yes, it is can let go of that shame and embarrassment and mm-hmm. and just whatever the sin is that's weighing you down and mm-hmm. you do walk out taller just like yeah. on your wedding day with the crown or the teen miss Washita River pageant with a crown either one <laughs> <laughs> you walk straighter, you feel yeah. free, you feel light. And I do I, I I sort of feel sorry for it to some degree. People who don't know what they're missing um, Mm -hmm. in the sacrament of confession, because that'll
0: straighten. I I, I think. Totally. And I think the only, the only thing that I could think of, and then we kind of switched gears and I was like, but if you're talking to people who don't have a biblical worldview, who don't have that, that context of, of scripture and revelation, then it is kind of hard to explain to them why it is so important for us to articulate our sin, confess our sin to one another, and then you know receive forgiveness. And yet, even in a secular worldview, we have therapy. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what therapy does for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Is they take these things that are hidden in their lives and they go to therapists, which is totally legitimate and and even recommended. Even if you're going to confession, yeah. a lot of people should probably be going yeah, to therapy totally. too. Um, but but outside of a of a Christian worldview, we take it into these 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 quiet rooms where nobody else is, and we have someone help us unpack the hurt, unpack the sin even if we're not calling it sin it's still stuff that we wish we had done better right you know and and we have that person walk us through basically an examination of conscience um you know in in, in some capacity uh so that we can be better right so that we can improve and in that secular context we don't have the, the you know the assurance of absolution right. and what you're describing as that that weight freedom. lifted off of your shoulder yeah but you do have some freedom because that's what we're hungry for, and that's what we're seeking, right. even in a secular context. So I think that, um, at least as, as at least as we were, you know, talking with one of the kids about it, we were like, "That's that's how you that's how you talk about confession." Mm-hmm. It's it's that everybody needs it, and everybody's going to seek it in one way or another. Right? You know, e- if it's not through the church, it's going to be through therapy, or it's going to be through even a trusted friend. Although I honestly, I mean, I have very 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 close friends who. <laughs> Tracy <laughs> who know my weaknesses and my, and my faults and I hardly have to they could probably make my list of sins for me on, any, on any moment but um but I don't sit and tell them all my sins you know I I say I'm a sinner these are the things that I struggle with but I don't sit with my friends and confess my sin. right right I you yell know, at my child for no yeah. good reason
1: or I yeah lost my temper or... all
0: all of all of it all of the things i mean all of it like i actually might tell my friend i i, I blew it up at my kids today it was super crazy but i'm not gonna tell them all of it <laughs> the actual you know, it bad really... word I said yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know because it's sh- because it is shameful yeah you know because we do even if we don't think we struggle with shame we do yeah we do um, I do at least. And, and I think that if we're, that if people are honest, everybody does to some extent. Well, we struggle with shame, but I think what I, what
1: my point I was making is the difference is it's embarrassing to tell your sins to someone and the, yeah. the gift <laughs> of confession is the seal of the confessional, the trusted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nature of confession. And you really are, like you said, able to unpackage that shame or unpackage those sins and, and release them. And it yeah. doesn't mean there's not justice. We serve a just God. It doesn't mean we don't have penance, but it means we're forgiven. And yeah, and yeah. that's that is I think a big a big difference. Um did you write I have not read if you wrote an article for this month's series. Did you write one?
0: I did. did you? I did write one. I did. Can you give us a teaser? Um, I wasn't going to. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to. But um, there, we had a hole in the schedule. <laughs> <So> I <was laughs> like, I guess I'll fill that hole. And um, so, the piece that I wrote is is coming up. I guess in the second week that we're running the series, um, and your piece is also coming up in the second. So let's talk about both of our pieces. Okay. That was a deflection. <laughs> um. Oh, I do want to circle back really fast. And this is not a deflection, but I just wanted to say this as you were talking about confession that also confession is not because we're informing God of our sins. Right. Um that is a that is a misconception. If if anybody even has that conception, I don't know that people really do, but you know, we're not telling God what he doesn't know. Confession is for us. It is entirely to to restore our relationship with God by coming clean. And saying the words, even the ugly, ugly, hurtful, terrible, bad things, we, we, we say them with our mouths so that in, we hope it's it's deterrent. We never have to say those things again. You know, it was so distasteful coming out of my mouth. I hope I never have to say that again. But now that I have said it, I'm over that hump. That, that dragon is killed. And, and he may rear his ugly head again, but I know how to kill him again. Like I, again, I, I'm I'm straightening my crown here, and I'm I'm moving forward by grace, and knowing that there is no sin that that I cannot conquer with God's grace, you know. And that's I think that's also a power of confession as well, is just um, and can I just realizing yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt yes, you, me, but I will say when yeah. I I find that when I confess something, especially if it's
1: kind of embarrassing, I don't want to do it again because I don't oh, want yeah. to have to say it again. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because it, cause it yes. is embarrassing, and and, yeah. and it, it holds it it makes you think about that crown balancing on your mm-hmm. head, and you mm-hmm. know um, we're going to be honest in the confessional. Like you don't yeah. go to the confessional go to confession to lie to a priest.
0: I mean, <laughs> who would? It's so. I mean, it's, some people struggle so hard with going to confession anyway. Why would you go there and not tell the exactly. truth? Exactly. Exactly. So
1: I I have found, especially as I've matured, that if something- were you gonna say mature I almost did I almost did could you say much mat- mature matured I said matured and I can use words like that because I'm mature there are things that I've I have confessed I'm like I'm never doing that again yeah because that was a little awkward <laughs> yeah yeah or a lot <laughs> or i don't know if i can look that priest in the uh, eye again <laughs> exactly exactly i hope he doesn't recognize my voice <laughs> i, don't, I
0: don't want to cut my hair <laughs>
1: no i'm too teasing yeah.
0: me too i mean it, it again if, if people have not had the experience of confession or if it's been a long time since you've been there i mean they're oh, it's just good it's just good and it's free it is free. you know you don't have you don't have to pay a therapist for that and the priest might actually say you might need a therapist <laughs> but on the front end like it's just free grace that's all it is um, and the and the penance that you receive because after you go to confession you do receive a penance like a thing that you do to help restore you know the the, the wrong that you've done mm-hmm. in a way I mean God Jesus took away the sin right. the sin's gone but there's still a hole there right. you know there's still there's still The glass to clean up from the explosion. Monsignor Malone, um, one time when we were in Little
1: Rock, I remember he he gave us the analogy of um, your soul is is the wall, let's just say, and the sin is a nail. When you go to confession, the nail's pulled out, but there's still a hole. And and so that's what penance does. It helps us kind of restore our soul, restore the hole, restore the damage, um, and kind of become, you know, right with God
0: again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. I love that.
1: I listen sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us, give, give us a little tidbit of yours. Well, mine is about um, it's it's it, I have confession on the mind because it's about um, a. a A realization that I've recently had that my sin is not only, you know, based on like my root sins. I mean, we've all done work in terms of like realizing what our root sin is. You know, is it, is it pride? Is it vanity? Is it sloth or sloth? Again, (laughs) pronunciations. Or is it perfectionism? Exactly. You know, what, what is the, what is your root sin? And I often use the seven deadly sins as sort of my, my, my rubric for examination of conscience, um, which is super helpful for me. But I've been recently introduced to this concept of the seven deadly wounds. Have you heard of no. that? No. Oh, okay. Oh my goodness! You're always they a wealth been of info. So helpful. Oh my goodness! It's just such a beautiful. So it's Doctor Bob Schutz who has a. Um, healing ministry i think it's the pope john the pope john paul II healing center for healing i think it might be the name of it and um i've heard him on um some other podcasts and just um people talking about these seven deadly wounds so i've, I've done more reading about them and um they're so helpful in helping you um connect the dots between your your hurts and your sins and how they kind of work together, and that Jesus is not just looking to forgive us; He's looking to make us whole again and to heal us. And until we deal not only with our sinfulness but also with our woundedness, we will not have that full experience of, um, you know, restoration of wholeness in, in in our Christian walk. And anyway, it's just it's a beautiful. Um, it's been a gift to me, and so I kind of wanted to I wanted to give it as a gift to our readers. Can you as tell well. us that one and more it, time? What, like the- yeah. So it's the seven deadly wounds. Seven deadly wounds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's uh, Dr. Bob Schutz is the one who articulated it as the seven deadly wounds. But as I've read more about it, it's actually, it comes from another um, listing, I guess, of maybe the, the eight wounds. I can't, re- I can't remember, but I mean, he didn't originate. He originated it in terms of packaging it as the seven deadly wounds, but it, it comes from a long, you know, history of observation on what are the ways in which we are hurt um, that affect us and our identity, how we see ourselves, the ways in which we sin? You know, again, it, and I, I want to be very clear. It's not about, well, I was hurt and therefore I had to do this. I mean, that's like two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old mentality. <laughs> like, you know, he hit me, so I had to do this thing. Um, That's not what it's about. But it's just realizing, like, I can't get out of this sinful cycle because I haven't addressed an open wound and and when i when i address it when i realize it when that starts to heal then overcoming the sin that's attached to that mm-hmm. is so much easier it's not impossible to overcome sin as a wounded person right. i mean that's the world we live in right. but man it's easier if you've addressed the wounds that that kind of help facilitate or at least keep the sin you know a little closer to the surface right right well it's
1: like treating the symptoms and not not the disease, so once you once you heal the disease, you feel better. Yeah. You know the the symptoms yeah. go away.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Oh, what you are you are, talking okay, about? I love it. Um,
1: <laughs> and I just wrote it down. I'm gonna look it up when we get off.
0: I am so I am talking
1: about, and I don't want to give too much of my story away, but let's just say that I am not. I was not. A wild child. I really was not. I'm not a up, perfect
0: person. But I was not perfect. And I, I, and I didn't struggle with perfectionism <laughs> at this time in my life. I've, as i said, I've never struggled with
1: perfectionism. And I've always been pretty outgoing. So sometimes it's a bad combination. And you know, when I was young, I... Um, my story comes from a cousin's wedding. It's set mm-hmm. at a cousin's wedding. And um, I had many, many cousins. So I had many, many weddings like when I was a teenager because I'm the youngest. And, and there was just like a two or three year span where everyone got married. And it was like cousin one, the sibling got married two months later. So we were driving back and forth to Texas and Mississippi and you know Arkansas and all over the place. And at one particular wedding, and they're always fun. Like Catholic weddings aren't fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. The best. There's music. So fun. There's wine. There's usually other libations. There's a lot of dancing. And there's good food. So, And for us, it was like family reunions 101 every every couple months. Because we had sort of spread out we kept it in the South, of course, but we had sort of <laughs> spread out. And this one particular wedding I just like threw caution to the wind. And um <laughs> next time I saw my uncle, he basically said, Remember he gave me a book and y'all, I have this book to this day. And it's become like kind of a joke. But he was serious. It was not a joke when he gave it to me. And it was titled Life on the Edge. And he wrote this inscription inside of it. And, you know, he was really concerned that I was gonna be like I was going to go to college and um you're going off the deep end going off the deep end and he I think he really felt like I was sort of teetering on the edge and he, he when he gave it to me he gave me a big hug and he said remember who you are and whose you are and of course mm. I'm like what, what are you talking about you know huh because I had never Awkward. heard the phrase I had never heard that phrase and I think it's kind of a common phrase but my parents had never told me that and he said first of all like you, you represent our family you when you when you're out and about and especially when you're in college like you've got siblings you've got or a sibling you've got cousins you've got lots of aunts and uncles but he said but you're also a daughter of the king and you better pull it together sister I mean he kind of gave me a um a what for Mm -hmm. um if you will but it it really did stick with me and um I'm just so grateful that I had an uncle that was willing to do that, um,
0: yeah, and yeah. and
1: wasn't afraid and wasn't shy about it. And he kind of laughed and said, "I've given all my kids one of these books.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's not just yeah, you. Don't worry, exactly, <laughs> exactly."
1: But it did um, refocus my um, my my. It refocused me on on what I was living for, and you know, yeah. I would just all I cared about was having fun. You know, yeah. I was a teenager, and I, um, like. I liked to have. I like to have fun. And so it did it. So that's my crown straightening moment. And anytime I I think about this theme, I always go back to remember mm-hmm. who you are and who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I also love that your your story is kind of the the archetype for what we're doing during the entire month in terms of... You know, we have all of these, again, different perspectives on the theme of straighten your crown. But our hope, our goal is that as all of these um, contributors share their stories, um, that that it, they help other people, right? Because like sometimes when you're not, when your hands are tied mm-hmm. or whatever, like you can't straighten your own crown. Like that's the, the theme is straighten your crown. But if we're really being honest, sometimes we need help. <laughs> Oftentimes we need help. Right. Sometimes we need some people to help us straighten that crown, and sometimes that comes just from again that that connectedness. Like, oh, you when you when you articulated it that way, I saw myself there. Right. I saw I saw that this that that when you struggled with that, that's a legitimate struggle for me too. And I guess I had never really considered that that was something that I should fix. Right? Because sometimes you don't even feel when the crown is slipping. Right. You know, I mean, that's how crowns fall off people's heads at pageants. (laughs) As ones accepting their roses. (laughs) But just imagine, had you had someone standing just next to you to keep the crown on your head or attach the bobby pin correctly, it wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of what your uncle did. Right yep. And that's kind of what our contributors are doing in a way, just saying you know, hey, th- these are things that i'm that i'm ha- that I've had an issue with or experiences that I've had in life and and this is how I'm either trying to overcome them. I have overcome them, or I'm hoping to overcome them and I love hearing that we're doing this
1: um starting in November because we've spent the entire month of October talking about saints and really focusing yeah. our theme on saints and saint sanctity and sainthood. And so that's all of our goals, all of our goals, yeah. I mean, we're all striving to become a saint, to just spend eternity with with God and and mm-hmm. you know see Jesus face to face. and so you got to keep the crown straight, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. it's, it is a lifelong journey, and so i i I just feel like it goes so beautifully with um coming off of our series on saints and all the different wonderful saints that we have to look up to and to try and emulate and now we're focusing on kind of ourselves and our yeah. our journey and our um role as a as a daughter of the king.
0: Yeah, yeah. And j- again just as that royal priesthood of believers, you know, um that that we have just as you said like our destiny is heaven. Like this is what we were created for. Um we, we were created to know love and serve God in this world and be happy with him forever in the next. Right. And that, I mean, that is, that's the basic catechesis of our existence. And, and when we realize that, then, then how we orient our lives and how we understand who we are and, and how we treat other people, I mean, all of those things start to fall into place, or at least we realize when they're not in place. Mm-hmm. When we're out you of know? balance. And absolutely. And we have so many, again, I don't, I don't want to harp too much on drawing distinctions between, like, the secular world and the Christian world because I think there's a lot of overlap there. That's totally fine. But we have a lot of language that you hear in, like, the self-help industry or, um, you know, when we have, like, gurus that, you know, tell us how you can make your life better and, and, you know, keep that crown on your head and all of those things. And we're just taking what is a universal truth and and putting it in the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, saying everybody realizes this. Right. This isn't new information for anybody in the world. Um, but we're taking these things that the whole world realizes are problematic, or hopefully the whole world, unless you're like a psychopath. Or <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> there are those out <laughs> there. Most of the world. <laughs> I, actually think, I actually think like one of the definitions of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Like yeah. you have a, a pathological lack of empathy and so we're not talking about those people we're talking about the people who actually do have empathy who can see themselves um, or experiences or emotions um, in light of how other people are experiencing the same experiences or emotions and again have that connection but then shining the light of Christ on it and saying this is how this is how God made us and this is how we should use these experiences to and I'm doing my air quotes here like straighten your crown Mm -hmm. You Know, reorient yourself, reset, mm-hmm. you know, seek restoration, all of those things. And this is not
1: just for women. This is, this is not just oh, gosh, a, no. a, yeah. a, a lady crown. This is for, yeah. I mean, I think this series will really be relatable and applicable to men and women.
0: I like that you just said a lady crown. This
1: <laughs> <laughs> is not just a lady crown. It's not just a lady crown. <laughs> My husband wearing a crown, probably at a pageant, because that's my first point. I'm like, uh, this is, he could be like a king <laughs> or prince.
0: Oh my gosh. That's what I I'm here for. I love that you said lady crown. That's my favorite new word. I'm probably going to use it a few times. <laughs> Straighten your lady crown. Oh my goodness. So I love that this whole month is going to be just so edifying. I really have hopes for it. And we didn't say it's, we chose to do this during the month of November. I mean, it's been a couple months since John told us that people are liking straighten your crown. You might want to do something with that. But we waited because we wanted to put it in the context of living the liturgy. And at the end of this month, we have the the end of our liturgical year with the the solemnity of Christ, the King of the universe. Like, this is who we are, people. This is our, we are friends with the king of the universe. Like, that should orient us. Right. You know, that, that should, I mean, just as you said, make you walk a little a little straighter. Like, you know, help you realize your dignity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are a cohort of the king of the universe. <laughs> you know, he, he calls you friend. You know, that's, oh, that's life-changing stuff. He calls you friend and, and he hope- calls you daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or son. Once again it's not just about the lady crown <laughs> <Son> and daughter <laughs> <Thank you.
1: laughs> this is one of those regrets when i go to confession i will regret i will <laughs> take this off my conscience this is a wound <laughs> i said
0: lady crown <laughs> it's not really a sin so it might be a wound <laughs> i don't know Definitely need healing from having said lady crown. Because I'm probably not going to be able to live this down. Uh, I'm definitely scarred Uh. from it. Okay, now we can't can't laugh anymore because we we want to talk seriously about where we're going in terms of our podcast for the rest of the month because, again, just as we kind of gave a teaser about, we're going to talk about restoration, and then we're going to talk about shame, and this is a huge buzzword, and I'm very excited about the guests that we have lined up to talk to us about shame, and then um, towards the end of the month, we will hopefully have another guest to help us talk about identity. Yep. And, um, I think that these are, you know, I think we're going in the right direction with this and I hope that it's helpful for people. Um, but again, kind of circling back to where we began, like our true identity is who God says we are. Right. And, and (laughs) what we know about ourselves is always correlated to who we know God is. So when we say that, that, um, God is our father, then that means we are his children. That we are dependent on Him like children, yep. right? And when we say that Jesus Christ is the Lord, He is the King of the universe. Then, then that means we're we're part of His court, and and in a way, I mean, the the, the court are servants to the King. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just like His drinking buddies. They they are His, ser- like in in the right context, in the right order, they serve the King, and that's who we are. Like the that's our identity. And looking at all the different ways in which we can discover better who God is, informs how we understand who we are.
1: I love it. I love it. November, what, what day? Is it November
0: 4th that it actually is? It'll be begins? the 4th. Okay. November yeah, 4th. so the 4th, we have our little intro on the 4th, and then we just go gangbusters. Can't wait. Can't wait. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it.
1: It's going to be good. Do you have any last little bits? I do. I feel that I should update the people that I talked about St. Faustina yeah. about her movie Love and Mercy that came out on October 28th it was in theaters for one day and one day only until mm-hmm. it went gangbusters and the theaters were crammed and the reviews were amazing and oh, they've added a date so if you didn't make it to Love and Mercy like me, like me I did not make it on October 28th because I was traveling I was driving from Arkansas, you don't you don't have to give us excuses,
0: Tracy.
1: <laughs> I was in the car for like hour thirteen of an eighteen hour drive, but I will be there December second. So check out, um, ch- you know, check for the movie times. Obviously, it's only in select theaters, but apparently, it was just amazing. And even mm-hmm. we got a lot of comments um, from from contributors and listeners about how good it was. And one of our contributors oh, said, yeah. um, I think it was Kristen Hamel. She said, "You know, I." have a devotion to St. Faustina and I thought I knew everything and I learned things about this video and uh, video. I I learned things uh, watching this movie and it was really just, I mean, she was just jazzed.
0: Did we talk about, I think we did talk about that, how this particular movie has stuff in it that like not the average person would know. Yes. Which I'm super excited about because like insider information. Oh my (laughs) goodness. That is my jam. (laughs) I love it. So just, I just have an update. I, I thought it was worthy to share. Well this wasn't gonna be my last little bit, so can I can I beg two?
1: <laughs> last little bit two
0: today. <laughs> sure. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the first th- this wasn't gonna be my one. So this is the one that I did not have planned. But since you were referencing our talk of the uh, Sister Faust or Saint Faustina um movie, I wanna talk about the statues and throwing them in the river because we did also get some feedback that maybe I was a little flippant. <laughs> And I would, I'll accept it. I will accept that. I will own that. And I'm sorry if I was flippant, but I will also say that I was callous. <laughs> I say that I was callous because I, you know, in some way it was kind of funny. I mean, the visual of people throwing statues in a river is kind of a funny thing. It but wasn't it's Jesus not that I didn't and take Mary. It. I mean, it was, it no. wasn't like sacred. Well, and we actually don't know what the statues were to this day. Like, and I'm a little, that's why I'm a little callous about it. And maybe that's why the, the my, my, my flippantness was detected and unsavory <laughs> well, you're so good about detachment also things that are not important
1: to you yeah, know you're you're you. good with uh, not holding them so reverent now if it was like a blessed first century statue or icon of Jesus like that'd be a problem but right. but but this wasn't that this was not a holy object. Yeah, I no, think. I
0: mean I agree. And again, we don't actually know what right. they are. And that's where my frustration is that we're just not clear. Even, you know, a week out from the incident, we're still well weeks out from the incident of their introduction to the the synod, we still don't actually know what they were. There's still speculation. You know, I think that it, it's it's coming out a little bit more that maybe they are more of cultural symbols versus religious symbols and, you know, what whether or not that had a good place in you know, a church number one, and even in the context of the Senate, that's that's totally legit. Like those questions are legitimate, and I'm as frustrated as the next person that we don't have clear answers even now. And by no means do I want my my <laughs> my laughter to be considered <laughs> flippancy about something that is pretty serious. But I also have, um, you know, I have a a um, a reverence for mystery as well in terms of you know we look at the we look at the old testament for instance and we have the the um the the golden serpent you know that all of these people were being bitten by serpents and god said erect you know erect this golden serpent and if you bow before it you will be healed and that looked a lot like worship to people right and then you have the issue of the calf and people bowing before a calf and and that is you know obviously idolatry and terrible but they look kind of similar mm-hmm. Right. that It's confusing. And so fortunately, we have the context of Scripture to illuminate our understanding of both of those scenarios. And we don't have the illumination of authority to help us figure out, like, what the heck these statues are and, and why was it important that we had to, you know, slog through the whole debacle for the past several weeks when that's not what the Synod was supposed to be about to begin with. Exactly. Anyway, just super annoying. And I'm sorry if I was flippant. That wasn't my last little bit. I'm going to end with this story. (laughs) My last little bit is um, a story about identity that just happened a couple of days ago. So one of our contributors, Nicole Lashbrook, was um, here in Nashville um, for an Army game, an Army football game. And uh, she was visiting with one of her, um, I don't know if it was one of her West Point um, friends. someone who was also in the army anyway knew them from long long time ago and it just so happens that um this friend's daughter goes to school with one of my children goes to the same high school as one of my children and so you know small world oh my goodness you know these people we know these people it's so great that we all you know know the same people it's so cool so um my child did not my son did not report well he would not let me backtrack the 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 daughter of the friend went and told my child hey i met your aunt nicole <laughs> and my kid was like I don't have an aunt nicole and she was like yes yes i met she, she was here with us this weekend like we talked all about you she knows about your family of course you do it's your aunt nicole and he was like i know d- i do not and he said he was like very insistent like almost to the point of like kind of fighting with her like i do not have an aunt nicole i would know if anyone would know i would know if i had an aunt nicole i'm in the middle it's of a- my family i know <laughs> so he never even reported this conversation to me until uh, I, Nicole contacted me and she was like, so I, you know, I, 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 I talked about your son. Um, you know, one of my friends' children go to school. All of that, and I was like, Alex did Did you talk? You know, did Did you know that you know your friend at school is a friend of anyway? You know, all the little connections. And he was like, Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> this makes so much sense. And I was like, Well, what do you mean? And he recounted the argument that he that he had had with his friend. <laughs> about his aunt nicole and he was like oh my gosh he was like it was it was getting a little creepy how insistent she was that i had an aunt nicole and then i was like well what what don't i know about my
1: family (laughs) is she a a jaeger or a mater
0: so he had like a little identity crisis and that's where i'm bringing it back to identity is that my kid was like whose am i i don't even know anymore (laughs)
1: aunt nicole that's awesome that's awesome well because when you don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are you live not your best life
0: so confused and And you argue a lot (laughs) it's about fighting that that woundedness of feeling uncertain and confused then translates into arguing with people vehemently (laughs) poor alex (laughs) I <laughs> know, oh, I know. It's a funny story, though. I, I love it. it. I love it. <sighs> okay, right. November 4th.
1: Get, get, on, get on the blog. Straighten your crown. Yep. Straighten your crown. Right. All right, see you, Bye. friend. Right.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.